made for autistic people, parents and carers of kids on the autism spectrum. This is a different brilliant with Orion Kelly. No two autistic people are the same. Open conversations that inform and engage world's better place for autistic An aspect people. podcast focusing on the strengths, interests and aspirations of the autistic community. Welcome to a different brilliant. Welcome and thank you so much for listening to A Different Brilliant. I'm your host, Orion Kelly, and I'm autistic. My purpose is to inspire, inform, and entertain you through focusing on the strengths, interests, and aspirations of the autistic community. Open, open, open. Open, honest, and engaging conversations on autism. A Different Brilliant with Orion Kelly. To learn more, catch up on the episodes, or send us a message. Like the Aspect page on Facebook or visit autismspectrum.org.au. On this episode, we explore the topic of World Autism Awareness Day and the importance of moving away from awareness to understanding and acceptance. My guest is singer, songwriter and storyteller Alex the Astronaut. Alex's new album, How to Grow a Sunflower Underwater, is out July 2022 and features the single Octopus, inspired by Alex's recent autism diagnosis. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're so well. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I'm very much excited about having a chat with you and I'm so glad you're part of the community as well, uh, which I think is just phenomenal oh, to have thank someone. thank you. Okay, let's just assume, not only for my introduction, okay. but the clear fact that, you know, you're a charting superstar. Let's just, let's just assume we're not going to talk about the standard musical side. Let's just talk about the, okay. the, the autism side. I'm super interested. Yeah. In your journey. Now, clearly, I don't want to kind of interrupt you in two hours' time. I mean, we're going to keep it brief, but I'd love to know your story. <laughs> the kind of story, Alex's story of her journey to an autism diagnosis. Can you kind of give that to us? I'd also love to know what effect it had on you as a person, that acknowledgement of being autistic. Yeah, it was strange because it was not something I thought of, I guess, until two years ago when I started seeing a bit more, I think, representation in the media of what different versions of autism might look like. And there was a bit more talk of how people, if they're girls and they're younger, how it can look different. And I think that started getting my brain ticking and looking back at what things were like for me when I was little. And I moved a lot when I was a kid. So I think that developmental aspect wasn't watched from a bird's eye view as much as it would be if I was at one school the whole time through. But yeah, I had a little bit of trouble adjusting to a few different schools that I went to. I was a really keen little student. I was a obsessed with my sport. I had a bit of trouble making friends here and there, but I kind of almost always found my little niche group and I played sport, which helped make friends in like a team environment. But yeah, it's funny. There's like not one thing where I'd say like that defines what it meant 
for me to struggle with being neurodiverse. I think a year and a half ago when I started to work towards getting diagnosed, it was like, oh, wow, there's all these different aspects of autism that I didn't know were part of autism. And I think those aspects were kind of where the picture came together. And I was like, okay. And then when I finally got tested, I think since then I've started to piece it all together. But I think the best thing I learned was like, yes, just not one thing. It doesn't look like one thing. And there's this whole web of things that make up someone who might be on the spectrum that isn't being Rain Man, you know? Exactly. And then I got diagnosed in 2021. And I think I was expecting once I heard it to be like, wow, this all makes sense now. But I was actually quite confused because I think my version or like the stereotypical version of what I thought autism was, I still didn't fit that. So not much made sense to me. It wasn't until I kind of went through the whole process of working with a psychologist to learn about autism and stuff that I kind of have gone, oh, now I know what I might do differently at different points and have these explanations that have those like click moments. It's a bit of a higgledy-piggledy kind of. Yeah, but you know what? Just answering that question I think is so super useful for for people and it may be more useful for for girls and women but I think it's so yeah. useful to me because like you said okay so this is what autism sounds like but then I've asked you a question and I've automatically resonated with you I moved around a lot as a kid right now I wasn't diagnosed yeah. until I was an adult either and yeah. that's what's really interesting Who, who's ever said that before I don't think I've ever heard someone openly say that it never occurred to me but if you're moving around how can anyone keep tabs on you academically and developmentally and stuff and also I guess from my point of view when I asked you the you know the impact of being acknowledged I kind of have this thing where I think, I think it's better for us to say, and I don't, I don't mean this to you or me, I mean in general, it's better for us <laughs> to look at it like we weren't diagnosed, it was acknowledged. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we were born autistic. Yeah. We're, you're born autistic and yes. die autistic. So having that acknowledgement, you've put it out there to your fans, I'm sure. I'm a human. I would have been a little bit trepidatious about putting it out there to the to, to the fans and the public. Yeah. And do you think it impacted you in a positive way or, you, or are you still kind of working it out? I think it's, for me as a person, been really positive. I think it's interesting the effect it has on other people when I mention it in a professional setting. Yes. I think I've noticed a bit more that people start to get wary of me yep. in ways that they didn't used to and they start to kind of watch me a bit closer. And It's really interesting because I didn't really expect that. I kind of thought... People may treat me a little different, but I didn't expect in that way that they would. That's been a bit kind it's of... It's confronting. Yeah, shocking. It is, confronting. It? Yeah. But then I guess the great thing is I think it's expanded my worldview exponentially. For me, I only have learned about autism and ADHD, and I've started to see how all these different brain styles mm. can help the world be better and like that what we think of as clever or what we think of as helpful in society is kind of pretty narrow and yeah. that expanding it would be better. So I think those parts of it, the net is positive. There's a few things that I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That's a bit sad, but a lot of it has been really eye-opening. And I mean, in the end, because you're blessed with the ability to, to live your dream, to be a, a storyteller, a songwriter, <laughs> a, a singer, you, you have the ability to really employ yourself. That's a extraordinary yeah. achievement where, you know, the fact is for 
for autistic people, we are disproportionately underemployed. And for this, for the same yeah. reason you've just said, there is a one-sided misconception, there's myths around it, and you're more patronised, as in yes. they automatically focus on weaknesses rather than strengths. Exactly. It, it's, yeah. a, it's an unfortunate situation. But, you know, you're going you're to turn it around for us single-handedly. I know that. You'll start getting the word out there <laughs> and uh, that'll be great. And, and the one way you're going to turn it around is through amazing music. Now, your new album, How to Grow a Sunflower Underwater, out July 22. Yes. And for those listening in the year 2050, it's already out. This is a podcast, <laughs> remember? But it's out July 22 this year, 2022. It's got the single Octopus. This is a, a great song. Yeah. By the way, look, listening back to your back catalogue, the nuance and the emotion and the maturity, it's like I can tell the difference. Like this is you've really reached your, you've really yeah, hit your stride here. So you. well done. But I, I wanted just to Oh, thank you. Can you just give us a bit of the vibe on on why your autism diagnosis inspired the creation of this song? And I get the metaphors, but I just for those listening who haven't heard it, I just love to hear a bit about octopus and your diagnosis and how that came together. Yeah. So I kind of had a little bit of a, not a breakdown, but I, I just had a bit of a struggle at first when I got diagnosed with how people would perceive me. And I started to get really self-conscious around friends that I was usually comfortable with. I kind of started to wonder what they were seeing that I wasn't about my personality. Were they noticing was different than other people's? And I think that that was very rooted in this anti-autistic or ableist thing and it took me a while to kind of I guess unpack it and the thing that helped me was I would go snorkeling and that was something that as well we were in lockdown it was like a complicated time yeah I'd go snorkeling and that was kind of a good way of just relaxing and going a little bit swimming and I then watched my octopus teacher which I'm sure most people have seen. The it's amazing. about the guy that it is the best. makes friends I, with I, the octopus. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was really, really well done. And I think it really showed how arrogant humans can be sometimes with our skills. And we think we know everything, whereas this alien that lives underwater can like lose its leg and grow it back. Like things that we write in movies, like they really happen in nature and I think it can be applied to humans as well we have this very narrow arrogant view of maths and physics and English and if you can tick these boxes and get an A you you can be successful but I think expanding that and expanding what we think of as mature or appropriate or intelligent I think that's where the octopus thing kind of applied it was like we all have these different skills why would we homogenize people if we're going to miss out on these amazing things that people can do and that was kind of the story behind octopus and it was my understanding of my own <laughs> journey i guess and it's a beautiful song and i, I encourage people to go check it out grab it and uh, check out the, the video and it's just, uh, yeah it's a, it's a really fantastic song and i think this is the kind of stuff this is the kind of work that you can do you can offer the world that no one can offer at the moment from not only your own point of view but from the you know, the autistic point of view um not to mention really i'm seeing more alex every day in the autistic community oh. and because that is what people don't understand is there is definitely a different ratio of people in the autistic community and their connection to the lgbtiqa plus community right like i'm saying that it, there's there's a genuine connection there and i talk to people all the time so you're the modern face so to use that for good i'm super grateful for so thank you oh no worries i'm going to talk about 
stuff you've learned, you talked about with psychologists and, and learning, but let's put all that aside prior to that diagnosis. Cause I know for me, it was definitely a steep learning curve, understanding autism. And I made a lot of mistakes before I learned, right? You just use the wrong words and you don't yeah. realize it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but prior to that diagnosis, did you know much about autism? You've talked about things like Rain Man and the one kind of, I guess it's the white boy, right? Yeah. What were the kind of things you knew prior to learning stuff? I think I kind of only knew really about stereotyped versions of autism and I think that was really damaging and I think my family and friends always used to joke that I was autistic and it became like this yeah very two-dimensional version of something that's that's really three-dimensional you know like because I was good at maths in school and those kinds of things and I was scared of loud noises there was some parts of me where I was like oh okay yeah that makes sense that fits in but this other massive you know like the iceberg kind of idea this under the water picture of what autism is and not just being that tip I kind of like it's still I'm still learning about it now I yeah. I just always thought oh, I'm a bit good at maths and I can remember stuff and sometimes don't like loud noises or certain people yeah. and like that was my understanding of it and my where I questioned it within myself yeah I totally understand and I think the great thing is everyone who is autistic can relate to that and there's two things to say N- number one there are people who are autistic who clearly have uh, much higher support care needs than you or I and at no point by us exactly. talking and sharing our experiences are we saying that we are better than anyone else who's autistic we're saying there are people with higher care needs than us and if we can make their life better and provide them understanding and acceptance we're going to use our skills and abilities to lift them up people think because we're the ones making songs and youtube videos and podcasts that you know we're trying to say this is autism but no no it's an infinite color wheel the spectrum yeah <laughs> and that's I like that yeah. idea of it yeah, and I think that when I was getting tested, I was like, so do I get a number? Like, do I get a number of autistic? Like, what do I get back? And she was like, that's not what it's about. It's about, yeah, this wheel where people have different care needs. For you, you can live independently. Some other people may not be able to do that. And I think, like, when they explain that to me and why it's important not to kind of give a number of autism to someone yeah. is because, it one, the people that are, are independently living or can have those different care needs and they can be written off as not that autistic. And that kind of stops them from getting the help they need. And when they explained it to me about the people that need slightly more care or like have a lot of different needs, they can be dehumanized and made to feel very separate and not seen for the skills that they have. I started to see like how people distance themselves from people with disabilities. Yeah, And I think that I've definitely noticed that. Well, people will come up to me and say, you're not that autistic. And I'm like, well, you're trying to say that as a compliment, but in the same sentence, you're dehumanizing these people who have higher care needs. And I think, yeah, it's not about saying that my version of autism is representative of everyone, but I guess starting to see what we do to disabled people as a society. Yeah, exactly. And the bottom line is you're either born autistic or you're not. You can't be born half-half. We all, yeah. you know what, I guarantee Alex and I, I guarantee we have <laughs> we have high support needs days, right? There's no way we yeah. are, there's no way we are only ever low care needs or low support needs. It fluctuates. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think autism is fluid and I get that, yeah. but also there's comorbidities. So some people may have comorbidities that may be, they could be intellectual disabilities. They, they could be yeah. epilepsy. For me, I have two. I have 
uh, GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, and social anxiety mm-hmm. disorder, right? So they're, they're comorbidities. Yeah. They're things that I struggle yeah. with as well. But you can't put them together. You can't lump them together, right? So we're, no. all, we're all individual. We're all different. And in the end, we're actually part of a disabled minority. And that's just a factual way yeah. of putting it. And it's important that we stand yeah. up for minorities in life. And that's what I actually exactly. want to talk. That's what I want to talk about now. There's, yeah. there's plenty of misconceptions around autism. I'm, I'm talking autism and gender, autism and race, autism and sexuality. The idea that you would try and test, you know, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islanders with a white boy test is not going to work, right? So clearly we, we, we've got a lot of work to do here. What are some of the things that you've learnt along the way that you'd love everyone to know about autism and gender and race and sexuality? Well, I think it's it's interesting having been part of lots of the conversations around LGBTQIA plus people and then coming into this world of autism, I guess. There's a lot of parallels and I think like in the LGBT plus community, there's these intersections where for white people in that community, there's a completely different experience to those of people of colour. And then the next layer is people of colour who also have a disability. There's another layer. And then there's a different layer of different class systems and where you live and all of those things. All of these things we know intersect. And I think what people don't realise is how underdiagnosed autism can be or underacknowledged autism can be. And like that there's on the gender section, there's the test was made for young boys. It wasn't made for girls. And so when we're missing out on these people it means that we're missing out on helping them develop skills that they're going to need for the rest of their life and I think that that isn't understood I think when I've told people I got diagnosed as an adult they're like oh it's that's like crazy you didn't get diagnosed but there's such a grief with getting a diagnosed as an adult because you haven't been able to get the support growing up and I think when we look at girls and then you look at people of color the level of diagnosis goes down again. And so we're missing out on all of these people that need support that could be living different lives. And I think that's where I've noticed with the same thing with the sexuality conversation is people who had to hide their sexuality to a certain point, they've missed out on living portions of their lives. They've missed out on having certain relationships. They've missed out on having a stable mental health situation because of traumatic events that they've experienced. You know, we miss out. That's why that needs to change, I think, with these minority conversations. It's every time we have the conversations, it's not a side conversation. It's inside the conversation. You said a word that really resonated, grief. Mm. Adults that are acknowledged to diagnose autistic later in life. Number one, you feel a weight lift off your shoulder, a sense of relief. Mine was because I've been now told I'm not a bad person. I I do deserve to be here. I have worth. But you also get grief. It's like, hang on a second. Who have I been my whole life? Who have I been? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's like, it all comes from the same thing. And I think that that's where these conversations about intersectionality and discrimination and minorities the reason that they're all parallel is because white society has tried to make us into these guy marries girl, white people are superior. All of these ideas that have been cultivated in our culture for a long time have been forcing people to the outskirts. And I guess at the moment, it's really fantastic that we're kind of as a group going, this doesn't work. We're missing people. People are losing their lives. They're not getting to live out their full stories. They're not getting all the support that they need. 
how do we change this? And I think that's where these minority groups crowdsourcing like information from one area that's a minority you can go, oh, okay, they use this and we can use this too. And we just, we just we work change. together. Yeah. Just, and, and I think yeah. everyone who's listening to this right now, this is what I'm trying to establish to the people listening. Okay. You can make people aware of things. Like for example, I may be aware of a war, but it doesn't mean I understand it or accept it, right? Now I'm looking for understanding and acceptance of autism. I'm not mm-hmm. looking for awareness. And everything you've said yeah. has given people, not they're not aware that you're autistic. It's given people a deeper understanding of who you are as a person and it's provided them to understand you and appreciate you more because they've, they've actually taken yeah. the time. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about what is traditionally and historically, uh, I think it's 70 years old, It's a, I think it's a UN thing, the World Autism Awareness Day. For a couple of years now, I've been banging on about, I don't care about awareness. You can stuff your awareness day. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a worldwide annual campaign. It's held in April, okay? Now, more recently, yeah. a lot of autistic advocates, including me, have been calling for organisations and governments to shift away from awareness to understanding and acceptance, even appreciation, right? Because maybe no yeah. one ever gets accepted. Appreciation maybe that, is good. Yeah. What do you think about the idea of shifting focus from awareness to understanding and appreciation. And why do you think that is actually important to the autistic community? I think that's like a really spot on qualm to have with awareness. Because I think in general, like, you know, when they talk about mental health awareness or autism awareness, how does that help the individuals who are actually living this life? You know, if you have autism and you're going through the day, does it really help if someone like is aware that people have autism? That's not very productive. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like understanding or appreciation. I think that that, the autism appreciation could be a really great idea because I think everyone has this kind of pitiful view of autism that obviously we have the whole spectrum of people who have completely different needs but it's not just the disability it's super ability as well you know there's people in this community who have these skills that no one else has there's so many people who have all these diverse abilities and like bring so much to our society you know we have women's appreciation day where we highlight women who have gone above and beyond in a system that's not working for them and contributed massively without being recognized at the time I think that that kind of parallel within the autism community could highlight that yeah this is special this is something to be held sacred not to be pitied it's really amazing people who have contributed like Einstein I don't think he was officially diagnosed but I looked into it and like he definitely was on the spectrum as well and like that's someone that we talk about every day so many things that he has brought to our our lives we see Greta Thunberg as someone that's being an advocate despite her autism but I would say it's her autism that is the reason or one of the main reasons why she can do what she does and why she is so passionate yeah, and absolutely. and that should be celebrated with it. Should be like, oh my god, she's autistic. That's sick. <laughs> like the appreciating those people for what they're able to contribute is missed. Yeah. You talk about Einstein. He's a guy who did not do well in school. He did not do well yeah. in school. A system built around neurotypical brains, right? Yeah. I, people who do well at school are referred to as Einsteins. Well, that's that's actually yeah. wrong because he didn't do well at school. Yeah. I can see the people. I'm looking at the people in aspect. They're running off to the digital agencies now and saying, oh, holy crap, Alex has changed it. It's world 
Appreciation Day. Someone quickly change the graphics. <laughs> change the graphics now. But I, I agree with you. I totally agree. I think World Autism Appreciation Day is bang on. And I think we should make this happen. Yeah. Hashtag. Do we it. need to get this going. I hope this conversation has been beneficial for you, not only because you got a chance oh, just to yeah. talk about your own experiences, but I hope it's been beneficial to know that people are listening to this right now. Parents, carers, partners, autistic people, and they're hearing a whole new insight and there's going to be girls listening to this women listening to this who may feel completely lost in the world and hearing your story i genuinely believe will reach them and resonate with them and i think you've done a great service oh thank you i'm super grateful like i think i'm so lucky to get the support i get and i think it's meant that for me my diagnosis has meant that the net result has been positive. You know, I've, I've gotten to this point where I, I feel really good about it. And I, yeah, I wish it was easier for everyone to get to this point. I think that would be maybe a goal of Autism Appreciation Day, that everyone can kind of get, get all of the support that they need to live their best life. Don't do the things they want to do. Well, I can't wait to see you sell out your new idea on all your socials. And I'll check, I'll look out for those as quickly as possible. <laughs> Make sure you get that because, you know, people will actually see them if you do them. Alex, it's been an astounding, fascinating, delightful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for your time. I've loved it. I, it's just been so lovely. So, yeah, thank you. My guest on this episode was the incredible Alex the Astronaut. A Different Brilliant with Orion Kelly. Hey, thank you so much for listening to A Different Brilliant. I really do appreciate it. Now, if this episode has resonated with you, please share it with your family and friends so we can reach more people. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, just like the Aspect page on Facebook or visit autismspectrum.org.au. You can also check me out on my website and send me a message at orionkelly.com.au. A Different Brilliant is an Aspect podcast. Executive producers are Lisa Cassidy, Dr. Tom Tutton and Julie Fenwick. I'm Orion Kelly. Thanks for listening to A Different Brilliant with Orion Kelly, an aspect podcast on the strengths, interests and aspirations of the autistic community. Our door is open anytime. So like the aspect page on Facebook or visit autismspectrum.org.au. My aim, make the world a better place for autistic people.